Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. This podcast brought to you by our friends at TommyJohn.com. More about them in just a moment. First, though, I'm delighted to welcome the lovely and talented Christopher Caldwell, senior editor here at the Weekly Standard, to talk about some of his favorite topics, Hillary Clinton, the FBI, and Wiener. So uh, welcome, Chris. Uh, Thanks for your time. Well, thank you. So we've been talking here inside the building not about the legalities of the FBI moving forward with the investigation or the legalities of Hillary's Clinton's emails ending up on various computers, but rather the political impact of these stories. What, which of these stories do you think resonates the most with people who actually cast ballots? Well, you know, it's a, it's an odd thing. I think, uh, these stories are not really about arguments over right and wrong. They're sort of about narratives that put people in a good or a bad light and make them look sympathetic as, uh, as presidents or not. And in that sense, I, I, I really think that this story involving Donna Brazile mm-hmm. and the, uh, uh, the, her getting questions as a, as a pundit at CNN and passing them to the Clinton campaign. This is something for which she was fired. I really think that might be as damaging as anything. That's an excellent point, Mr. Caldwell. I want to pick it up right there after a quick shout-out to our sponsor who makes this podcast possible, TommyJohn.com. Tommy John is a revolution in men's underwear that focuses on fit, fabric, and function. Shirts that stay tucked. Socks that stay up and underwear that keeps everything in place, whichever way a man moves. Now, when they came to me and said, Michael, we want you to try on our socks, underwear and T-shirts and talk to the podcast listeners about them. I said, you know, you may have found the worst person in America to do this. I'm not a clothes guy. I Underwear. My only question about underwear in the past was how many holes can they have in them before they're technically not underwear? Then I tried Tommy John underwear. Wow. It's like somebody who understands how men are shaped actually designed these. The T-shirts have a patented taper design. They're longer and form-fitting with just the right amount of stretch. And the socks have a unique technology that keeps them from sagging. I love TommyJohn.com products. It's all I'm wearing from now on, and I think you will too. But don't take my word for it. Try them for yourself. 20% off and support the Weekly Standard podcast, go to TommyJohn.com slash Weekly Standard. Use the promo code Weekly Standard. That's TommyJohn.com slash Weekly Standard. Guys, you're going to love them. Okay, so back to the Donna Brazil story. I tend to take her side in this. And I used to run campaigns. I was Donna Brazil. And if I'd had a chance to steal questions from one of my candidates, I would have done it in a heartbeat. I still don't understand what she did. You know, CNN, hello, you hire tireless Democratic hack Donna Brazil. Of course, she's going to act like a Democratic hack. But you point out that that's not the issue. The issue isn't Donna Brazil. The issue is Hillary Clinton. I think that's right. You know, I, it, regardless of, of of what her what Donna Brazil's loyalty is, I think that Americans do expect a certain straightforwardness in in some of these um, in, in in a debate. And we, and and we forget, you know, being in Washington where there's a lot of malarkey going on and a lot of staged <laughs> drama that there is an expectation of genuineness and this is a little bit like the quiz show scandals of the of of the 1950s you think okay it's a show it's supposed to sell advertising you why were americans surprised that these contestants were being fed answers but they were surprised they felt it was wrong and they resented it uh, so you think then that the moment is not uh, Donna Brazil passing the question along, but rather 
Hillary gets a question from this woman whose family is suffering from the effects of lead in the water. Uh, according to the email that that was leaked, you know, uh, Donna Brazil even mentioned she has a rash. You know, this is going to come up. And then Hillary Clinton does what with this question that she supposedly had knew, didn't know was coming but knew the whole time. What does she do? Well, I don't, I don't recall that moment in the debate, actually. But, uh, but yes, that is, the, that, is the, uh, that is the issue. She acts that, like she mm-hmm. didn't know. What, she, she acted like she was responding to an authentic moment. That's right. what Hillary and that's, Clinton that, did. And that, and that is something that, that people don't like. So um, I think that, that that's more damaging than a story about um, the opening of an investigation into a, a server. Serious though that may be. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the investigation part? Uh, my contention has always been that for typical people, when they hear under investigation by FBI, that that mm-hmm. in and of itself matters. Do you think that that's what's having an effect on voters or is it the fact that Anthony Weiner has been interjected yet again into the national political conversation? I think it's a mix of those things. You know, um, to look at the substance of the issue, um, these new emails did come up on, uh, on Wiener's computer. And uh, so Comey had to reopen the investigation, or he had to say that he had misspoken in July when he rather irregularly closed the investigation. The question is whether he was going to do that now or whether he was going to do that eight days from now on the day after the election. I think that to, to close an investigation for, an inv- for election season and then re- reopen it immediately after um, an election that might see you know, uh, 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 his future boss um, right. put in the Oval Office would be a it would be a, a, a deed of such inexplicable it would it, it, there would just be no really proper way to, for him to explain what mm-hmm. he had done to his children <laughs> it would be a rather you know i think he had to do it in terms of his reputation mm-hmm. forever after but it's an awkward it's an awkward situation um, and so now hillary's name is associated with the fbi it does damage her and it's probably equal parts the server and the fact that she's now associated with the deeds of Anthony Weiner. They were right there side by side on the on the on the computer. And you think that that matters in a way that maybe legal analysts, you know, and people debating about the old FBI don't get just like Donald Trump and the, quote, locker room talk. Yeah. The impact wasn't what specifically he said. It was kind of a guilt by association or disapproval by association. Is that a way I to put that's it? right. I mean, if you were trying to construct an ethical case around this, it, it sort of breaks down, just as it did with Donald Trump. I mean, in, 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 the, in the talk about the Trump locker room talk, or particularly in the talk about his having made passes at women right. that were rebuffed, there was a real confusion um, between unwanted sexual advances and sexual aggression, which are two right. totally different things. And, and similarly here, um, it's not a crime to appear on, you know, to, to, to have your emails stored on the same computer as the, you know, as, as some strange fellow stored his, 
you know, sexual, inappropriate uh, photographs. However, there is the proximity, and I think that it damages damages, um, Hillary Clinton in the same way that the other allegations damage Donald Trump. And I want to go back to your point about Donna Brazile and Hillary Clinton and say that I think I see something similar with Anthony Weiner and Hillary Clinton, which is, you know, Weiner's Weiner. I mean, that's what he is. The only reason Hillary Clinton is involved in this mess is because she chose to create a private server for her official emails as part of her scheme to hide her unethical conduct regarding the the foundation, et cetera. She chose to end run the way these emails are supposed to be handled by having Uma handling emails she wasn't supposed to have. And so if it is the case that there's an email about, Hey, should we be bombing Pakistan this Thursday right next to, uh, you know, Anthony Weiner's, whatever, top five hot chicks of the NCAA or whatever he's got. That's all on her. It's because right. of her behavior. So, right. There, so there is an impropriety there. And I've, I've, I've always thought that the, that the server, in terms of political philosophy, mm-hmm. is, a, uh, is, a, is a truly profoundly corrupt thing to do. Because what it does is it, is it, it commits corruption at the profoundest level. It mistakes the property of the state and the role that she is given the privilege to fulfill with her own property and her own self. And that confusion is the essence of corruption. However, to say what I just said is a little bit (laughs) abstract and doesn't really have much traction in terms of, um, in terms of politics. So um, I think it's possible to do things that are awfully corrupt and be not hurt by them, and also to be hurt by things that aren't terribly corrupt. That is true, but the uh, server example, the analogy I would use is, imagine that you get a call from your son who's been arrested by some sheriff in some you know, small county, and he says, Mom, I swear I'm innocent, whatever, and you get to the town and you find out that the sheriff keeps all of the evidence for all of his crimes, not at the storage you know, facility, at the but in his basement. He just takes the evidence home and just puts it. Yeah, I got that blood sample. It's in the fridge next to the turkey leg. And yeah, I got that gun. It's downstairs next to the kid's old uh, you know, Lego set. You would go, no, no, you, you don't. It's not your property, Sheriff. It's the state's or the, you know, it's the civic community's property. And that's Hillary Clinton's attitude. It's, well, I'm Hillary. I am the state. It's all my property. Well, yeah. So. So where are we? Uh, I know nobody wants to make any predictions this week. It's the strangest week before an election I can remember because normally it's all about predictions. Everyone's, oh, it's going to be whatever. You know, Hillary by five, Trump by two. Nobody wants to make a prediction. Christopher Caldwell, I'm putting you on the spot. Well, I'll tell make you. Make your prediction I, for the election. I don't generally make predictions, but I will tell you that, you know, there's a there's a sort of a smart thing to do is try and lash yourself to the mast like uh, Odysseus <laughs> so you don't really – so that you're not influenced by the sort of like the swirl of, of speculation in a final week of the campaign. And w- I'll tell you what I thought this summer. Okay. This summer, I thought that there would probably be – that it would probably have, be a very hard thing to keep track of Donald Trump's vote and that there was a real danger of undercounting it, mm-hmm. not because of people not telling you who they were going to vote for, but because it was hard to identify who the voters were going to be in a new electorate. Mm -hmm. So I've always thought that there was the risk of a significant undercount of the Donald Trump vote. If that undercount were the same size as the one in Britain 
mm-hmm. um, before Brexit, it would be 4%. And so I've always thought that if the race were within four points in the final week, then it would be a real toss-up. Um, and and while, I don't, uh, while I don't make predictions, it's closer than four points now if we take the real clear right. politics um, average of polls. So I, I am not I, I, I would not be comfortable predicting this election for Hillary Clinton, let's say. And I would add one more data point to that, and that is uh, Gallup was wrong about Barack Obama's reelection in 2012, and they were wrong using great methodology that they had used for hundreds of years because Barack Obama went out and created a new electorate. Right. He looked at America and said, I'll never win this election, mm-hmm. so I'll go get me some, t- I'll get some That's voters right. that I, you know, I like and pull them in. I don't, I, I, I don't, I know that the, Trump campaign hasn't done this because they've decided Mm -hmm. to eschew traditional organization. But the voters themselves may be reorganizing into a new electorate, as you just described. And so uh, that's that means that we're going to have to stay tuned here at the Weekly Standard even more closely. And we're going to have to watch all the news. Crystal Caldwell, senior editor, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. In fact, subscribe to our podcast at iTunes. It's free. You'll never miss another one. And thanks again to the folks at TommyJohn.com for sponsoring this podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham.